Welcome, and thanks for listening along with Kingstown Communion, an inclusive and affirming United Methodist Church in the Kingstown area of Alexandria, Virginia. And our community exists to gather people, just like you here now, into communion with Christ and extend God's table into the world through courageous conversation, creative community, and collaborating for the common good. This podcast is just one way that we live this out. For more information about our church or to give to our ministry, visit kingstowncommunion.net. And if you live nearby, we hope you'll join us for worship on Sundays at Hayfield Secondary School. rare in those days. Visions were not widespread. At that time, Eli, whose eyesight had begun to grow dim so that he could not see, was lying down in his room, and the lamp of God had not yet gone out. And Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord, where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel, 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 he said, here I am, and ran to Eli and said, here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call you. Lie down again. And so he went and lay down, and the Lord called again, Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am, for you called me, right, Eli? But he said, I I didn't call you, my son, go and lie down again. And now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. And the Lord called Samuel again a third time. And he got up and went to Eli and said, here I am, for you called me, right? And then Eli perceived Now the Lord was calling the boy. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go lie down, and if he calls you, you shall say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And so Samuel went and lay down in his place. And now the Lord came and stood there calling as before, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, Speak, for your servant is listening. And then the Lord said to Samuel, See, I am about to do something in Israel that will make both ears of anyone who hears it tingle. On that day I will fulfill against Eli all that I have spoken concerning his house from beginning to end. Uh, So when I was in uh, my early college years at Old Dominion, uh, there was a campus ministry there on campus. uh, And I was at a point in my life where I did... um, I had exited a particular part of Christianity. I grew up Pentecostal, and I had been on many a mission trip, um, or many a trip that was not called a missions trip. It was like explore New York City, or it was like Daytona Beach, um, (laughs) um, 2008, you know. Um, But I was at a point where I I had left that world behind, and... I was approached while I was at ODU um, by this campus ministry that was going on a spring break trip to Florida. And I uh, thought, well, that, that sounds fun. Um, and, and then they told me I can have it all paid for. It would be completely free. It, this trip would be completely free. I would get to go on a spring break trip to Florida for free. I'm thinking, what college student would, would ever turn this down? And then I went to a couple of interest meetings and come to find out, they said, teeny 
bit of time each day. But come to find out, we were going to spend this teeny little bit of time each day witnessing to people, they said. I had had my own um, share of that experience before, and, um, and so I was like, we're going to, like, this spring break, you know what those people are there for, right? <laughs> like, uh, we're going to do what? Like, so there's going to be a little bit of time, a little teeny bit, it's just a teeny bit. rest of the trip is free, and, you know, bathing suits, and sun, and sunshine, but teeny bit of time, uh, you know, witnessing, witnessing, there's that um, word again. Yeah, we're going to talk about Jesus, and you know, you're going to, we're going to ask people if they believe in Jesus, and we're going to give them information about Jesus, and we're going to talk to them about Jesus and ask them if they know Jesus and pray with them, likely, and maybe they'll come to a place where they're going to confess Jesus as Lord and Savior of their lives, and we're going to track how many of those people there are. It's like, this doesn't sound like a teeny bit to me. Um, I did not end up going on that trip. I turned it down. Um, but, I mean, this was an opportunity that many, many students did take them up on at ODU. I wonder if you ever had an op somebody present an opportunity like that to you. Um, this season, we're in a sermon series called This Little Light of Mine. And... The more that I've been working with it and thinking about it, um, the more I've started to think that this might be the most important sermon series we've ever done. Um, and sometimes the most important ones we've ever done are the ones that make us feel the most uncomfortable. And in this series, we're going to be tackling this word that has become like a curse word within the church, this E word that we don't like to say or to hear in the church anymore, evangelism. Um, and we'll be exploring in this series the, the whole idea of, of this word that I was told, witnessing, or, you know, the older word evangelism, or maybe a word that I like better, um, invitation. This faith not being this just this personal thing, but that it is something inherently invitational. We'll be talking about that. Um, but be, behind, behind all of this is this idea that Jesus doesn't just want us to come to church and to stand in awe of the light of the world and, and, and Jesus, this light of the world that we, we meet in a manger and a baby, but that God also wants us to be that light in the world. Not only wants us, but calls us, like calls out to us, um, like God calls to Samuel. It's that, this idea that, that is, it's, it really is fundamental to the faith. It, the invitation really is fundamental to the heart of, of what it means to be a Christian, the heart of, I would say also the heart of what it means at Kingstown to be a Christian. Invitation is a, is a huge part of that, this open extending of this message to all. And yet, there is no other concept in faith that makes people more uncomfortable than the idea of sharing it with others. And so we have to start by looking at the, 
what does Jesus say about it? And, and last, last time I mentioned it a little bit, but I, I want to maybe get those words around that for you so that you can know what is, what is actually said from Jesus. It's, it's in Acts. It's in the first chapter of Acts. Um, and these words come from Jesus. Just listen to them for a second. He's died and he is resurrected at this time and he appears to his disciples and he says this, while you were eating together, he ordered them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for what the father had promised them. And he said, this is what you heard from me. John baptized with water, but in a few days you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit and as a result of that, those who have gathered here, are you going to restore the kingdom now? And Jesus replies, it isn't for you to know the seasons that the Father has set his own authority, but rather that you will receive this power. And when the Holy Spirit has come on you, that you will then become witnesses to it in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And after Jesus says these things, as they were watching, it says he was lifted up and taken out of their sight into the sky. And so the very last thing Jesus says to his disciples is you're going to receive this power from the Holy Spirit, and you will become witnesses. And so today I think, it's, I think it's super important that we unpack what Jesus means by witness. What is that? Why is it so hard, especially, I think, in our modern context, to receive that command and actually do it? Let me give you a little background. Um, after Jesus' death and resurrection, what happens is that the, the Gospels tell us is that all the disciples, and there were probably about 100 or so of them. I'm not talking about like 12. All the disciples, all of these followers of Jesus now, they're all gathered in one place, and they're all hiding. They're hiding. They're hiding because they are in deep fear. It says that they are in this upper room. They did worship together. But for the, for the large part, their acts of devotion before God at this point were really quite private. And they were scared, completely terrified to let anybody know what they were doing there which made total sense, right? That makes total sense. They, they, were, they were scared that what, what, what happened to Jesus was going to happen to them. And so the last thing they wanted to do was share their faith. We, I mean, we know those early days of the church as being predominantly times of sharing, but the last thing they wanted to do was share their faith or tell anybody about what, what they were doing or what they saw or to talk publicly about Jesus in any way. They had this, this faith that was internal 
and completely private to them, and they were scared of making the transition from a faith that was super private to one that was in any way public, which is in incredibly relatable for us here. Most of us here are in that same place. I, I would imagine every person here is in that same place. And yet, and, and yet Jesus says to them, to us, I want you to be my witnesses. Jesus wasn't content with changing, just changing the lives of those 100 people, those 100 disciples in that room. Thank God he wasn't. Um, this is why we are here. Jesus isn't content with just changing our lives or providing a gospel that is holistically representative of God's love for us, lighting up our world. Jesus wanted their faith not just to be this internal personal thing, but this external public thing. And he wanted them to tell others about all the things that they were experiencing. And the first followers were no more enthusiastic about that than we are. And how do we know this? Because at first the story says they did not do it. They hid. After Jesus told them, they, they did not go out. It wasn't until the Holy Spirit came 50 days later that they gained this sense of courage to actually begin to be public and unapologetic and passionate about their faith. And I start there because I think so many of us can sympathize with that feeling. I know I can. I, I don't have a literal fear that I'm going to be persecuted, right? I don't have that fear. But there are, there are plenty of reasons, right, why the idea of talking about our faith publicly or with people in our day-to-day -day lives over the years has, I mean, talking for me even, has just weirded me out, the idea of it. I mean, this, this area is pretty fiercely secular, right? It's, yeah, fiercely secular. I wonder if you've taken stock of your coworkers or think about your neighbors that you live around. Think about just even your closest friends in this general area. You may not even get to see them very often because what even is like making time for our friends anymore, right? Like, are you all with me on that? We, there's so many people we say are our friends and we go six months at a time without seeing them. Um, and but th just take stock of that. And like, who of them do you know believes in, in God? How many of them do you know of subscribe to the way of Jesus? That'd be a way of saying they're a Christian, just a different way to say it. How many of them, in your mind, go to church? Maybe the one time a year where you see these people is um, your annual Christmas Eve party instead of going to Christmas Eve worship, or maybe the one time a year is your children's birthday party where you invite them all over and take stock of that group. How many of them go to church or have an active faith in God. 
Maybe you don't hear anybody ever talking about it. Do you? Do you hear anybody else in your life talking about their faith? Beyond this little place here. Do you hear it? And so you never talk about it yourself because, well, I mean, like, nobody else is talking about it around you, right? Generally. Maybe you believe in Jesus, but you really like to keep it quite private. Perhaps, truth be told, you're a little embarrassed about it. That might feel weird when you first hear it, but just think about it for a second. Perhaps you are embarrassed to be a person of faith. Maybe you think that if you share it, people will think you are somehow slightly gullible or foolish. Why would you believe all that stuff? Just a big metaphor, right? That you should be more educated, right, if you live in this area. Thoughtful people don't believe in, in those kinds of things anymore, right? Or maybe you have faith, but it's just this private, personal thing, and you're too scared, honestly, of looking silly or kind of feeling inadequate if you talk about it at all in any of those circumstances. You're just not alone. I'm trying to tell you that you're not alone. You are not alone. If you are feeling any of those things, we all are. It's just about just living in the world that we're in. And then Jesus says, you are to be my witness. And that word really we do not like. And perhaps the word witness reminds you, maybe, maybe it reminds you of some kind of past bad church experience with that word. Kind of like my story on the beach. Churches that sort of force the good news on other people, right? Or strong arm them or use manipulation or other, other things, other ways to try and get you to believe whatever it is that they believe. For some of us, our reluctance around this is born of just out of insecurity. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know that much about my faith. I don't even know fully what I even believe. And so why would I talk to anybody else about it? And then again, for some of us, I think we just have this basic fear of making people feel uncomfortable, right? Is that another one? Another way, do you, make, do you fear, fear that if you bring it up, it'll just make people feel uncomfortable? Or offending them? I mean, we, we don't want to come off as some kind of person who has all the answers or somehow they need to believe whatever it is that I believe because I don't want them to think that. And so we just often are like, I want, other, I want to give people their space. I need to give people their space. This, if they want to find Jesus, they'll figure it out. And some of us have this idea like the disciples that faith is supposed to be something that's internal and personal and we don't need to talk about it. And so I will say throughout my 35 years, I am like, I have felt all of these things, every single one of them. And I do this for a living. But what does Jesus mean by this word witness? What does it mean? 
When Jesus says, you are to be my witness, you'll be empowered by the Holy Spirit to be my witness. The reason why this Samuel story is so um, beautiful is it is this very comical, super real moment of somebody experiencing a call from God, some kind of interaction, voice from God, and generally having no idea that it's God. It is just the most real day-to-day kind of experience that we all have. That God is showing up and we don't know that God even showed up. We, we, can't, we, don't, even, we don't even see it. It's, the reason why I love that is because it's this real experience of God. And all it means to be a witness, all it means is to share our own experience But have we seen? What have we heard? What have we not heard? What have we thought we heard? What have we thought we saw? What did we know? What did we not really know? This is where witnessing starts. That's all it is. This, this not, for some reason we think that witnessing is we must say that Jesus died and rose again and uh, you know, give the basics of faith. And, but this is not at all how, how, how it would have been used and even in this time period, nobody had any idea what was going on at this point in time. Nobody had any idea who was risen, how they were risen, when did they die. It was a lot of telling of stories, but there were a few people who got to see it. And there were a few people who got to hear about it. And there were a few people who got to be, be there and still go, I don't even know what's happening here. I don't know what God is doing here. And yet, there is something powerful and life-changing that makes me want to kind of keep doing this thing, keep coming back here or finding others who have have heard this good news or have seen this person um, at work. I want to keep coming even though I don't even know what this is fully. And all it meant was to be a witness to what you have seen and heard and experienced. What do you know? Think about Samuel for a second. What would Samuel's story have been? I mean, like, If Samuel was sharing anything about his experience with God, Samuel would have said, well, I um, I heard from God. Well, I thought I was hearing from this. uh, I thought thought it was this other guy that was talking to me, and God was really talking to me. It took me, I didn't really know at first. And so it's this super relatable, I don't have all the answers. I don't exactly know what's going on. I'm at a loss for words, and yet, and yet it is changed my life. This is what this word witness means. Witnesses are, are powerful, right? Because they're not speaking theoretically or abstract, but they're, they're speaking about something that they personally know in all of their lack of knowing even in that, right? In all of the doubt, even within what they personally know and have seen and have heard. And while you may not use that word witness, We're witnesses to things all the time, right? What do you witness about? Like great restaurant, right? 
think of the last great restaurant you went to. It's natural for you to say, hey, like I went to this incredible place and um, let me tell you about it. And you hope to God that they're not going to have a bad experience when they go, right? You're like, it was, so, it was everything about this was so wonderful for me. And then you hear that they um, would like, I didn't actually think it was all that great, you know? You took out a new store or listened to a new song or a great book and it's natural to want to tell other people about these things. Watch a funny video, see a really compelling post on social media. You share it. Like witnessing is just this matter of being public about something that you found impactful, something that you found meaningful, something that you're chewing on, something that makes sense to you, something that makes you keep coming back for more. Witnessing is, is simply being able to, to speak about the role that faith plays in your life, however, in whatever circumstance it comes up. And it comes up, right, all the time. These things come up all the time. Um, there's this, um, I have, I love David Brooks. Does anybody know who David Brooks is? David Brooks is a, um, a New York Times kind of op-ed journalist. And um, he was speaking at this event that I was at. He was speaking at actually, a, it's a, a Christian event. And he is all over the New York Times normally, all kinds of columns and opinion articles. Um, and he was speaking at this, this Christian United Methodist event that I was at. And he, he told a story about how he's at this very kind of fancy New York Times society dinner party kind of thing. And there was this little panel discussion with some other journalists that he, that he knew that he'd known these people for his entire career. They were colleagues, some of them, some of them friends, people that they were, they were, they were very well respected people. And somewhere along the line on this panel discussion, someone actually made a reference to their faith. And it kicked off this kind of conversation on this panel. It went in this direction that they didn't know it would go in. And where people, other people started talking about the role of faith in their lives or, or talking about how they wish they had something like that or, or spirituality and actu actually how that played a role or practice that they have taken up since, um, since meeting someone who is more spiritual. And, and, and the way David Brooks told about it, he said, it was like he was suddenly amazed. He had known these people in some cases for decades, but he had never heard them talk about this side of their life. And it made him so curious that it sort of kicked, his, kicked off his own complete faith exploration in life and this eventual com conversion to Christianity later but it started with people he respected in a place he knew everyone, just mentioning that this was actually a part of his life. That's, that's, all, that's all witnessing is. That's all that is. It is so simple. It's so simple, and so, but my, my question for you is, where does that happen in your own life? Where are those moments in your own life because I fully believe that sharing 
about our experience of faith is one of the most powerful things we can do as Christians. If you feel generally unchanged by what happens here, if you feel lackluster about your face, if you feel kind of laid back in your seat, kind of, it's a part of my life, not a, maybe a consistent part, maybe not a significant part, you want to catapult your faith into something that feels real and huge and, and monumental, have a moment where you've watched somebody's life change because you happen to mention what God did in yours. That will ch it changes everything. If you feel in some way like your faith is taking a back seat, it will not take a back seat anymore. It will not take a back seat once you've had a moment of conversation with someone and you've watched them come alive with excitement because you were the person who dared to share about what you've experienced, what you've heard, what you've seen. Most people think it's about church growth, that, you know, if we just share our faith a little bit more, you know, more people will come into it, more people will, will grow our church that way. Um, it's, it's about spiritual growth. It's about what God will do in you. It's about how you're, you'll start driving your faith instead of just sitting in the back seat. It is when you have a moment where you've watched somebody's life, when they light up because of it, it will change you completely. And, and yes, that's also important for the church because 98% of people surveyed right now say that they've never been invited by a Christian friend to church before. Some people, 98% of people who do not actively go to a church and are not of an, you know, another faith say they have never been asked by a Christian friend, somebody they know who goes to church, just ask them to join them on a Sunday morning. Only two, and then here's another pretty cool statistic, only 2% of people who come to a church, come for any other reason than invitation. 2%. We've done pretty good on that here at Kingstown. We've sent some postcards, but that's not invitation. That's not invitation. Invitation is just the simple, hey, I'm gonna be going to church this Sunday, you wanna join me? Like, that is only two, we, 2% of church growth happens through postcards and cool events. 98% of people who come to church for the first time came because somebody invited them. While the same exact statistic exists in 98% of people who don't go to church, say they've never had a single Christian friend ask them ever. And that's the only reason why they say they haven't come. They haven't tried it just because nobody ever asked me to come. Let's pray. God, we, like Samuel, have had our own experience of faith. We have, um, we have felt times when you have been calling us, God. We've felt times when we didn't, we didn't know you were even calling us. We didn't know where we were going. We didn't know, um, we, did, we didn't recognize when you were calling our names. We didn't know if we wanted to follow. 
And we showed up to a place like this and we were told a new story. We were told a story that, um, that transcended other stories that we'd been told about your love and about um, your, your grace in our lives and, and, you, and your care and compassion for all the world. And, and something about that just really um, settled in us. Made us choose this place, this place, Kingstown Communion, to live out our faith. Or made us choose this place, the Kingstown Communion, to sit in our faith. Take a seat, listen, feel affirmed in what we know, what we've seen, what we've experienced. But God, you call us to be a witness, which means we can't just settle it down deep. It's not a personality thing. God, this isn't, this isn't some of us are more passionate, some of us are more talking, some of us are more sharers than others. Um, it's the you've called each of us in our own way to be bearers of this light. Because if we don't feel a spark, we wouldn't keep coming. God, make us witnesses. Make us people who don't just sit in the comfort of our faith, but people who, who share it. Not, in a, not with strangers on a beach. Not in a way to coerce or convince. Not in any way that others have done and still do share Christianity around the world. But in a way that takes our real faith, God, whatever we feel, whatever we know, whatever we see in you, in all of its complexity, and shares it with another, and says, even though, even though I don't know, even though I'm, I'm confused sometimes, even though I'm, it feels complicated to me and I don't know what's next, I do know that it is what I need. I do know that it's the best hope I've ever found. I do know that I have more peace following Jesus than I did without. We join together, God, in that prayer that you taught us to pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us.